Welcome to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Walk. And on today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of happenings in the NBA, college. So let's get right to it. But before I start, I just want to thank everybody for tuning into the Double Drill Podcast. It's, uh, it really means a lot to me to see that everybody tuning in and enjoying my show. I deeply appreciate it. Just like how much I appreciate being home today, enjoying this beautiful weather, sitting here with a boot on my leg because your boy got his foot ran over. And now when I got my foot ran over in a boot, I'm being made fun of by a dog and my wife. My wife is out here playing practical jokes on me. And she says she knows that I can't run and chase because I got a boot on my leg. She is very taking advantage of this situation. So I get mad props to her for that. And the dog, as usual, doing throwing stuff at me. You know, I can't chase and run. It's okay, because today I'm going to give him a bath, something he doesn't like. Like I said, payback is coming. Now I got that off my chest. Let's get to the happenings around the NCAA and NBA. First, let's start with the NBA. What the NBA has suspended John Rent for eight games for basically for misconduct to the league. I'm not going to say that Rachel Dermidential to the league because it's kind of hard to say. Um, my thoughts on that is, you know, um, John Morant, hope he get the help he needs. He was at a Florida clinic getting the help. He was there short time. Uh, dealing with some issues, um, stress, basically, you know, dealing with being famous and other issues that we don't know about. He has an eight-game ban. He will be back for this season to lead the Grizzlies in the playoffs. I hope this is the right step in the right direction for John Moran. He's a young man who's about to make over $200 million next year and who might have a career earning almost a billion dollars when his playing career is over. He might have that before it's over. You know, in my last pod, you, you, you heard me talk about John Moran and everything he's been through. So let's pray that he get the help he needs, surround himself with good people, and let us hope that his father start being a father to him and got him through these situations, but no importantly, stop being his friend, be a parent, and for John Rand as well. I hate to see a young man throw his career right away and lose out all that money. I mean, you know, that's generational type money that he that he is making, and it'd be good for him and for his family, especially his daughter, set her up for life. The one thing that a lot of us always say that NBA players will look at them as role models. We look for them to give us encouragement. And I think for John Morant, it's time for him to be a role model, not, not just in his home, but outside his home as well. He got a lot of young kids looking up to him. He has a lot of young adults looking up to him. And heck, he's a leader in his locker room. He is one of his leaders in the locker room. He is the face of the franchise. He is one of the faces in the NBA. In a few years, he's going to be the best American-born talent in the NBA. 
And I know that's a lot of pressure. I know that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders. But it's what you sign up for when you become an NBA player. It's what you sign up for when you become famous. And and I know I know the, the pushback gonna be, well, he shouldn't have all that responsibility on his shoulders. Well, this is what you ask for. This is what you work hard for. So for John Morant, you know, let's just hope that the help that he is getting and hope that he surrounds himself with good people around him is going to give him good advice. Let's hope that he changes ways. We're all pulling for him because we want him to succeed, not just on the court, but in life. Because if anybody knows, life will take you through so many obstacles. You got to stand tall. You got to stand firm. And you got to believe. You got to keep your faith. And you got to be able to knock down every obstacle that comes your way. You can't cave in. So let us hope John Morant uh, will be able to do these things. And like I said, we're all cheering for him. And we look forward to seeing him back on the court after his eight-game ban. Other NBA news. If you didn't see the fight a couple of days ago between Trey Lyles and, and Brooke Lopez, man, let me tell you, you ain't really missed nothing. Because if you call that a fight, I don't know what a fight is. But Trey Lyles got suspended for one game. Brooke Lopez was fined $25,000 for their altercation a couple of days ago between the Kings and the Bucks. Listen, I mean, eh. I guess you can call it an altercation. It definitely wasn't a fight. But if you did watch it, you see Brooke Lopez was heated at Trey Lyles. And yes, Trey Lyles got a punch in there. And yes, when I was Brooke Lopez, I'd be heated too. But, uh, you know, both guys got uh, punished. And, uh, you know, that's all I got to say about that one. Now, let's get to the NCAA tournament which started yesterday. If you heard, that's me clapping because this is one of my favorite times of the year. And if you watch it, in the first game, you would have seen Texas A&M Corpus Christi beat Southeast Missouri State 75-71 to to advance to play the number one seed Alabama, in which they will lose. It was a good game. You got to, matter of fact, let's give both teams a lot of credit for uh, the way they played yesterday. It was a close game. It wasn't a blowout. South Missouri State kept battling, even though um, Texas and Corporate Christie led throughout the game. And both teams wanted it. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, South Missouri State going home. So I got to say on that one. And Texas and Corpus Christi advances. They get their first tournament win in school history. Congratulations. Only to play the number one seed, Alabama, in which Alabama, uh, I expect them to handle business. Enough said on that one. And then the second game, it was the University of Pittsburgh versus Mississippi State and another close nail biter. Uh, Pittsburgh won 60 to 59. Mississippi State had three chances to win this game by the buzzer, a wide open three 
after a beautiful pick at the top. It was able to free the their, uh, the player, get to the baseline, three-point shot in the corner. He missed it. Uh, a couple tap in close to the rim, then go in. Pit, hang on by a nail, by a teeth of their skin. It was a good game. Jeff Capo got his first NCAA win. I want to say it has been like in five, six years. And, uh, you know, close game. It was good. If you didn't see it, shame on you. Shame on you. Um, I want to say Pittsburgh, they had a guy, a freshman, who played, (laughs) oh, man, I want to say 37 minutes. And it was, what's his name, Giller, Geronimo Diaz-Graham. He played 37 minutes in a physical, emotional game. If you've seen it, the young man basically clapping his twin brother's arms because he was that tired. I tell you what, you don't see games like this all the time. You don't see nail biters like this in NCAA tournament, especially um, in the first four. Man, we got two games that were good that basically came down to the last minute. Uh, both teams who were trailing Mississippi, uh, South Missouri State and Mississippi State had opportunities to win the game. They didn't. Um, they had players who laid everything on the line. Pitt and... Um, Texas A&M, Corporate Christie did everything they could to hold on to the lead. And you got to give these four teams a lot of credit. You know, in the past, when we think of the inside turn, we think the one versus 16 automatically. And usually we'll see the, the 16 seed always get blown out by the number one seed. It's refreshing to see two number 16 seeds and two 11 seeds play in the first four to go at it just to get the right to get to the next round. And not only that, but we we was introduced to four good games that basically went down to the wire. I mean, with 2.7 seconds left, Mississippi State could have won the game. They could have won the game. And in the final game, um, with a minute left, South even zero state could have got within two or within one or even won the game. They just missed a lot of good shots. And it's unfortunate because you usually a good shot will go in, especially a very good shot. It just didn't bounce neither team's way. If I'm South even zero state or Mississippi state, I'm not hanging my head low. I'm not disappointed because I got there. We almost won. And and, and honestly, they should have won because the way the game was played. But they got there. They played it all on the line. They played hard. It just didn't go their way. So if if I'm both of those teams, I would never hang my head down because I lost. I would hang it high. Because I did all I can. I gave my best effort. And I laid everything on the line. 
So even though they lost, congratulations to both teams. Even though they lost, Mississippi State, Southeast Missouri State, congratulations to you. They'll be back next season. I promise you that. Now to Pitt and to Texas Corpus Christi. Pitt will take on Iowa State, in which it should be a good game, a six versus 11. In the past, six has always dominated their level, but I think this matchup will be kind of close. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Pitt going to win because I got Iowa State winning because I picked them, but I do believe Pitt is going to make it difficult for Iowa State. If you watch Pittsburgh play last night, then you know this team is scrappy. They're physical. They're emotional. They're going to beat you up, and they're going to leave everything on the court, just like they did um, against Mississippi State. Jeff Capel's team is not going to be out of the game. Unless, Unless they play the super ultimate talented team, they're going to scrap their way. And make this a close game. And like I said, I got Iowa State winning, but not by much. Texas Corpus, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, that's a different story because they're playing number one, number one seed Alabama, the overall number one seed. And you know how old saying is, you know, you get a you get a participation trophy for showing up. Uh, I do expect Alabama to blow them out. I expect Alabama to dominate. However, it's not going to take the way I feel about Texas and Corpus Christi because they got there. They got their first win in program history. They should, they should feel good about themselves. And this is going to be, you know, to me, something they should take from. They're going to learn from this. Um, and yeah, I'm already got them losing to Alabama. I know that, but they should be, they should feel good about themselves. Again, they'll be back next season as well. And by the time this recording, uh, the game, I already gave my prediction. So the game, I think they play on Friday. So since I won't be doing a show on Friday, I would I actually would do one on Saturday. Um, by that recording, they would have lost. Congratulations to Texas A&M Corporate Christie for a tremendous season, for their hard work and their effort and dedication of making this season a very successful one. Congratulations to them. I don't know about you guys, but I did buy five brackets. And I also don't know about you guys that I'm so excited about this tournament. And if you heard my last show, I'm excited because it's so many teams right now that can win it. There are so many teams right now that it can go either way. I mean, look, Alabama can win it. Houston can win it. Um, Texas can win it. Arizona can win it. Marquette can win it. Kansas, Purdue, Baylor, Xavier, Duke. I mean, I just, UConn. I, mean, I think I just gave you like six, seven teams. <laughs> You know, this NCAA tournament is so wide open. And yet, when we look at this tournament, there's not a lot of superstars in this tournament. See, in this season of college basketball, it's not it's not about the, 
the uh, the players who's coming into school who's going to be one and done. This year is all about having veteran players. And the reason is that because a lot of young players who want it done are gone. I mean, the, the only the top freshman in college basketball is Brandon Miller in Alabama, and he's the only superstar freshman in the NCAA tournament, uh, other than the, the kid out of Duke. Uh, I, I can't, I can't, that thing was a flip, Flipnowski, something like that. Um, other than that, it's, it's Brandon Miller, the top freshman in college basketball, but every school, especially the ones I just named, it's all about their veteran players and how good they are and how skilled they are. And in the, in the day and age of the one and done, the NIL, which is taking over college basketball, the transfer portal, which is taking over college sports. You know, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that it's all about the veteran players. And and to me, the team that has the top veteran players is what's going to win this tournament. And in, if you ask me, you know, it can be Alabama, who got the super freshman, but Houston, UCLA, Kansas, Purdue, they all got good veteran players. Remy Martin down in Kansas, balling. Etney at the seven foot four center out of Purdue, balling. Tracy Davis down in Indiana, balling. I mean, there's so many veteran player, veteran college players who has stayed either with their team for three to four years or guys who have transferred and they're in their junior or senior year. This was all about now. This was all about. And it's good to see that. It's good to see a mixture of that. Because, you know, it. we were all so used to of the one and dones. You know, of the... The one and done teams of the uh, Calipari Kentucky Wildcats, and uh, the one and done of the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, back in the day, the one and done of uh, Cal's Memphis Tigers. No, we were so used to that that you know we weren't thinking about the veteran player. We kind of felt that if you stayed at college for three or four years, you were good enough to turn pro. You were not a a pro prospect. If you were, you were a second round draft pick. Now it the game has changed. Now is that if you got a team full of young players, you're probably going to the NIT, a la Michigan, a la Vanderbilt, a la Rutgers, which lost to Hofstra. Congratulations to Hofstra on the big win yesterday. At North Carolina, who has a mixture of veteran players and young players, who is not in any type of tournament. So, and also, North Carolina was number one team in the country in the preseason. Now they're not playing at nothing. So, with that team, with a mixture of veteran players and young players, you know, they're sitting at home watching both tournaments. So again, this this NCAA tournament, how exciting it is going to be because, yeah, 
a lot of the top teams have a lot of good skill juniors and seniors. But just knowing that it's that way now, and hopefully it stays that way for the next decade or so, because I get tired seeing the one and dones. You know, I'm an old school guy. And when I watch the NCAA tournament, I like seeing the older players play and win. I mean, I remember the Christian Leitner, the Bobby Hurleys of the world battling UNLV at Michigan National Championship. But but you know they had a they had a very very good freshman named Grant Hill who blended in. I remember that experience team at UNLV. I remember that experience team University of Michigan. I remember that experience team of Michigan State. I remember that young team of Syracuse led by Carmelo Anthony or that experience team of UConn led by Kimball Walker. But yet it was a blend of young players as well. So I, I, I like what I see in college basketball. And I hope it's, and I, again, I hope it stays that way. You're going to get your special talent of the one and dones who are not going to stay in college basketball, even though the NIL will give these kids an opportunity to make a lot of money before they turn pro and trying to, that's that way entice them to stay another year or two. But it's good to see players who are not one and done players who are not have draft high draft picks in the NBA either stay at this school for three, four years or transfer to another school and stay there for a year or two. Got all the experience in the world, been through the ups and downs, been through the chopping block, been through the heartaches, been who has won. It's good to see them still in college basketball and still contributing to the game and winning at a high level. It is so good to see that. And this tournament is tons of players like that on the court. But I have a question for everybody, and that is who you think is going to win the NCAA tournament? I mean, if you look at it, if everything plays out to the way that I think it will, we can see in the second round, we can see matchups like Purdue versus Memphis, Duke versus Tennessee, or in the first round, Kentucky versus Providence. That's going to be a great one. We can see Marquette versus Michigan State. We can see Kansas against Arkansas. We can see UConn versus TCU or UCLA getting to the finals. Or, heck, we can see New League 8. We can see UCLA versus uh, Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. They're going to be so many matchups in this tournament that a lot of teams that we that we love, that we like, they're going to have some problems. <laughs> okay? Because this field is pretty much even. And it's going to be good. I, I think the one thing for me personally, and I'm looking forward to the NCAA tournament, is that I'm always looking who's going to be that next Cinderella team. And it can and it can be Iona. It could be Furman. 
It can be Utah State. You know, teams that I always look for teams like that to see who's going to be Cinderella. Who's going to make a run in this tournament and get to the Sweet 16? It could be FAU, Florida University. It could be Louisiana. It could be even a bigger school like Providence who struggled down the stretch. It could be Northwestern who, you know, they're a seven seed, but when was the last time Northwestern actually did something in the tournament? It was the last time they actually been in the tournament. It's been about five, six years. No, no it, it can be Arizona State or Nevada. It can be VCU. I, this is what we look forward to. Cinderella. And I would love to see a Cinderella team not only get to the Sweet 16, but I'd love to see a Cinderella team get to the Final Four. One of these days, we're going to see a Cinderella team win the national championship. We can't close with Loyola Chicago by by their by they getting to the final four. We seen Butler get close and get to the final four. Once upon a time, Gonzaga was a Cinderella team, and now they're a national powerhouse. In fact, we haven't talked much about Gonzaga this season. They up there, and even though they don't have the star power that they had in years past, they can win it. So I expect a lot of big things, a lot of good matchups in this NCAA tournament. And if I get my wish, I would love to see in my Final Four, Alabama, Purdue, Houston, and UCLA. If I can't get that, that's what I want. But if I can't get that, I at least got to get – Alabama, Houston for the national championship. The ultimate player, the freshman, Brandon Miller, against the ultimate team in Houston, who is one of the top defensive teams in the tournament, but also one of the most consistent offensive teams in the tournament. They can beat you many, many ways. So hopefully I'll get that Alabama versus Houston matchup. Now, I know everybody, I listen to the pundits, they all picking Alabama, roll tie to win it. This boy here going with Houston. Houston's been knocking on the door for a long time, and I think and I feel this is their time to win it. And let's see, I hope they cut the nest down. I wouldn't be mad if Alabama win a national championship. Hell. If Alabama win a national championship, my wife and my in-laws, they're going to be celebrating for the next 20 years with this national championship if Alabama wins it. I'm just being honest with that. This has been a Double Drill Podcast, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And before I sign off, I just want to say that former Texas head coach, Chris Beer is now the new head coach at Ole Miss. And the St. John Redmen are pursuing Rick Patino to be their next head coach. Uh, um, excuse me. I, I told you I'm old school. I said Redmen, I meant the Red Storm. It don't sound right. But hey, it is what it is. And before I sign off again, Everybody, please, 
please have some respect. Brandon Miller is going through enough right now. But do we really got to start threatening this young man? He got a lot of weight he got to carry on his mind. Two of his, two of his friends have been charged with capital murder. He supplied the gun. He didn't get charged. Now he's getting death threats. Now he got to walk around with armed guards. Come on, y'all. We got to be better than that. He is a young man. He's a young man. He made a mistake. He won't get charged. Won't be surprised if he goes to civil court and lose. But this young man with that whole issue, I know it is weighing on his shoulders. It's on his mind 24-7. We don't need to be out here acting ignorant and threatening a kid. He's only 19. So please um, have some sense and let everything play out. All right? This has been the WJ Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys on the weekend. And I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.